Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. Well, our stories are different. I'll tell you mine first because it's really simple, and then he can tell you his. So we met in Atlanta at a diner. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, I was so tired. It was like my 10-year reunion from Spelman, and the only reason I even got out of the car at the diner was to go to the restroom. My girlfriends wanted pie, and I just wanted to go to the restroom. So I got out of the car, went inside, went to the restroom, and this guy said something to me like, hey, or something, and I was like, I'm not from here. And he said something else, and I was just like dismissing him, and my best friend was with me, and she said, he said, are you from L.A.? No, he said, she said, he said, I was on your flight. And I was like, whatever. Anybody can say that because I'm not from here. And then she said, he said, are you from LA? And then I turned around and I was like, whatever. Because I just come out of a relationship, another long distance relationship. And I was like, I'm not trying to do that. And I went into the restroom and my friend was like, he's cute. You should talk to him. So I was like, I'll see. And then I came out of the restroom and we went and said hello and exchanged numbers. And that was that. So mine was pretty simple. Now, <laughs> my story starts about three days prior. I originally saw her on the flight out. We actually flew from Los Angeles to Atlanta on the same airplane. Thursday night, red eye. I saw her in the waiting room, or, or sorry, in the waiting area, ready to get ready to board. She boarded before I did, um, but I noticed her. We'll just say I just I noticed her. So oh, let's take note. Maybe I'll see her on the plane. Maybe I'll see her in Atlanta. Very attractive woman. See if I can find her later. That did not happen. Got on the plane, didn't even see her. Couldn't even find her, didn't know where she was sitting. Sat down and said, well, maybe, maybe in baggage claim in Atlanta, we can, we can, we can strike up a conversation. I was sitting in first class and I wrapped my head up, like with a scarf over my head, like a mummy, so all you can see are my eyes. So I was like, out. It was like a red eye. Well, I was probably in, and he didn't see in, the, in the back of the back, probably next to the bathroom. I don't know where I was, but anyways, we get off the plane. I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, this girl's got a, she's already got a 10 minute head start on me. I'll catch her in baggage claim, what have you. Go to baggage claim, no story. I don't no check no bags. sign of her. Yeah. Apparently she never checks bags. I've learned <laughs> through our marriage, she does not check bags. So that was that. It was over. So Fast forward, we, it was a reunion weekend for myself as well, 10-year uh, reunion with my with my track team. I ran track at Georgia Tech, so we had our 10-year reunion of, of, of folks, and you know, uh, I guess our, our last evening there, which would have been uh, Saturday night, uh, go to party, after party, and then after, of course, after the parties in Atlanta, you go to the one and only place in Waffle House. Um, the Waffle House, the first one we went to was line out the door. So we said, you know what? Let's find another one. I know another one close to our hotel. Second one, crazy. Line was out the door. We were starving. And my buddy said, I know another place. It's a diner very close to our hotel. So we pull up and we go inside. No wait. We sit down and start to eat. 20 minutes into our meal, this girl from my airplane started <laughs> walking past me. 
And I said, this must be God. Something is something is happening this weekend where she just appeared. I've been thinking about her for a couple nights and uh, and thought she was long gone. So she walks by, I said, you were on my flight. Thought that would stop her in her tracks. Didn't even stop her stride. She was making a beeline That's uh, to the restroom. <laughs> so, so I told my buddies, I said, watch this when she comes back. Uh. And so she came back out and I said, again, you were on my flight. Are you from LA? And so she stopped and uh, we started chatting. And come to find out, we knew all of each other's friends from undergrad. Because I also went to tech. None of us had, had either of us had met each other. Yeah, I knew all his line brothers, you know, all my line sisters. We had like so many mutual friends. It was crazy. And we were staying in the same hotel. We were staying in the same W. And Atlanta has a lot of W's. We're right. in the same W hotel. It's crazy. So it's kind of like we were meant to meet. And so she tried to get back on my flight. She tried to get on my return flight. Our return flights were different, but she tried to change her flight. I don't remember this It, it didn't work out for her. But babe, I think you were trying to get on my flight. I think she was trying to get on my flight. I, she, I think maybe I asked you to get on my flight. But So when we got back to Los Angeles, she invited me out to an event. and <laughs> sounds like I just invited him out. Yeah, she, yeah. she did invite me out I think to I an did, event. Yeah, uh -huh. I came. We went to see a concert or something. We enjoyed ourselves. And, and it just took off like wildfire. So this was in May, and yeah. uh, I had already had a, uh, a trip planned to Spain. I was gonna go run with the bulls. You already had it planned? Yeah. I thought you gave me the option to choose like 10 places. Well, that was one of my choices. But I didn't know that, <laughs> you I did not know it was already planned. And so he said, of all the places, <laughs> we're gonna go to Spain. I, I would have, I would have changed it for you. See what happens? I would have postponed her running most of the next year if she would have chosen another one. But yeah. I knew she was in Spain. Eight I years knew. later, secret. I knew. I knew. So that was only two months ahead. I mean, that was, it, it happens in July, right? The early July. So still a shot. I invited her. I said, I know we've only been dating for this long, but come with me. I was going to go by myself to Spain and run with the Bulls' life, lifetime dream. And she, to my surprise, said, let's go. Mm-hmm. So that was, I guess, officially, we're, I guess we're together since we're traveling internationally together. We're, we're boyfriend-girlfriend. But... And I'm not a dating kind of girl. Like, if I'm with you, we're together. And I had Gabby um, in college. And so when you met Gabby, Gabby was probably like 12 or so. 12, yeah. And I was always very protective of her. I wouldn't let guys see Gabby, meet Gabby. And so that kept my relationships you know, at, at bay to a certain extent because I wouldn't get close unless I felt like there was really something long-term here. But Michael, before we even went to Spain, in that same, I think, May, because my dad, my dad used to come visit a lot, um, often. My mom would be like, what the crap? Uh, but I would get him and he would come and he would help me. So he would come for like, I might have some event. I'd be like, Daddy, I got a weekend of like Grammys or something. Can you come help me? And then I would just keep him for like two weeks. So he was out here because I had a conference in May. Remember that mm. conference in, I think, the in the Bahamas? Yep. And Michael and I had just met earlier in May. And so my dad was in town and Michael said he wanted to meet my dad. And I was like, why do you want to meet Daddy? Do you remember that? Yeah. And then he also met Gabby. And I don't remember how that part came up, but I feel like we were together. We were definitely a couple prior to July. 
At least, maybe in my head, we were a couple prior to July. If you met Dad and Gabby yeah. within the first month, Yes. How were you feeling like mm. when he said I want to meet your dad? And obviously, you were like, "Why?" But how did you feel? Like, were you nervous? Yes, I was like, "Why?" I said, "Why do you oh, want to meet? Why do you want to meet my dad? And why do you want to meet Gabby?" Like, because we had just met, and I knew I liked him because we had, like hung out a couple of times, and he was just this great guy. Like, I remember before was this before or after you met dad that we went golfing. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Was before. that before? before? Okay, so like. We just had like a couple of interactions. He's much better with the dates than I am. I remember the details, but he remembers the dates. We like just had a few little interactions where I felt like this is such a good guy and like he just really gets me. And I was like, how do you know? Like we were, I was buying new golf clubs and I had some on hold and he was like, I golf. I'll come and take a look at whatever you're looking at. So we went for Burbank and we were like out in Westwood, not f further west and um, the west of the 405. And he looked at my clubs and he was like, okay, this is good. This is a good set. And they were having a sale. And then he just like, I remember showed up with like shoes. And I was like, oh, I, these are great. Like, how did you know I needed shoes too? And it was just like little small things like that that made me feel like he's really in tune with me and he knows what's going on. But I wanted to keep it just us because extending it to Gabby was a challenge for me uh, because I was just so protective of her. And when he, then I went on, went to the conference. And while I was away at the conference, he said, I'd like to meet your dad. Cause my dad was only gonna be in town for like a few days later. He's like, I'd like to meet him and Gabby. And it made me nervous, but I was respectful of the fact that he wanted to meet my dad. I was like, okay, that means something. Like you're asking me to meet my father. I'm not saying meet my parents, you know? So I was nervous about it, but there was something warm like it created a warmth in me and gave me like this extra layer of comfort in him and what his intentions were for me and for Gabby. I think just being who I was um it didn't phase me I think like some of my friends um you know I maybe told mentioned it to some of my friends they said oh she's got a kid that's a big deal like to me I wasn't thinking it was a big deal I know it is now but it wasn't a big deal. Um, I've got family, I've got two sisters who, whose relationships didn't work out and they both single mothers. So it wasn't a stigma or anything like that. It was just like, oh, she's got a child. I'd love to meet her. And it just fit right in. It, 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 I didn't really think twice. But I was, I think, correct as to think it wasn't a big deal because Gabby's such a wonderful child. And at 12, she never had the, Preteen little girl angst hormone deal. She was just mm -mm. a cool kid, mm -hmm. and we hit it off immediately. So there wasn't there wasn't that issue. It, it never came. It was off. always very smooth. Like Gabby would go. Um, my wife say Gabby would go on dates with us. Gabby went on our third date. Gabby went on our third. <laughs> to, to my surprise, I said, "Let's go to the movies." And we're going to the movies, and I show up, and they are both ready. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, that's, I, let's go. I tried not to make a big deal of it, but it was, I wasn't thinking about it because that was just not my world. I'm they were pretty ready. sure I would have said something. She said nothing. She said, okay. I may have just asked Gabby, do you want to come? And she said yes. And like, Gabby is my little BFF. And if she said yes, then it's like, 
Gab, because Gabby was my priority. She's been my priority for a very long time. And so like, I was happy to have Michael in my life, but at the same time, I wanted Gabby. Gabby's my priority. So if Gabby was like, mommy, I don't want you to go, I probably would have said no, but she said, I want to go. And I also wanted Gabby to feel like, because I was feeling so strongly towards Michael, I wanted Gabby to feel like she was also a part of this um, relationship that was blooming and, you know, because we were one unit. So she was always included, like. Yeah, from like, the beginning. Yeah. Michael would come Great. to dinner, come over, and Gabby would sit there. We'd have dinner and sit on the couch and watch, like, Gossip Girl all together. Right. right. When did you know you wanted to marry me? Well, so uh, this would be my second marriage. So marriage was one of those things I was thinking it was very serious. I think I, think I was thinking marriage is more serious than the kid. Right? So the kid was new. I was thinking, that's great. Not a big deal. But I was thinking, okay, marriage is serious. Um, you know, I'd been in an eight-year marriage and had, had taken some time off and thought, okay, if this is going to be my, my next relationship, I've got to take this seriously. And so I've got to check all the boxes, right? I've got to make sure this one's going to work. I don't, I don't want it to fail twice. So it did take some time. It was, um, this is great. This is this love feeling, this first warm everything is perfect with her it's gonna wear off at some point we're gonna make sure all the building blocks and all the foundations there because um, I knew that about myself you know I, I think a lot of people you fall in love quickly and you just have to make sure it's gonna last so we went through a couple couple of years before it was really clear that okay let's let's try to make this work I knew earlier that I wanted to marry him like I felt like he was the kind of guy that I would want to marry. And I knew that I wanted to be married. Like my parents were married for 39 years before my dad passed and together for 41 years. And I grew up with both of my parents. My sister was married. She's been married for like 15 years now. And I knew that that was something that I wanted. And it was just a matter of the, having the right person to like build and grow and you know become a partner with. So early on, I recognized qualities in Michael that I felt like would be like, oh, this could be my husband. And then the way that we met when he told me his story, I was like, oh, maybe like the angels are guiding us, bringing us together. So I knew early on that I wanted to marry him, that I wanted it to work, but. It was a challenge for me because, you know, I, like I said, I had Gabby, I keep going back to Gabby because I feel like I was a bit of a late bloomer in my romantic relationships. I always had dates, like that was never a problem. Like, I, guys, I, I got dates all the time, but like digging deep with the dates, like I had this barrier up. Um, but with Michael, I just let those down really quickly. And I think I did that because of qualities that I saw in him that I knew I wanted to move forward. And he said that he did too. Like we met and he said, yes, I wanna, cause I knew that he had been married before. I was like, well, how do you feel about that? You know, and he'd been divorced for like two years when we met, you know, that could still seem soon. So I was like, how do, how do you feel about marriage? And he said that he wanted to get married again, but you know, listen, we broke, we had a breakup. We got together in May 2010, and probably around 2012, was it like maybe June 2012? I don't remember exactly, but maybe a year, a year and a half into the relationship, Michael went through this 
through this phase and I can take some of it too. I, maybe I went through something too, but he went through this thing of, I'm not sure if I want to get married again. And that scared me. And he was like, can you just be with a person? Can you just, you know, like we love one another. Can't you just be? And I was like, yes, I can just be. I'm just being now. But at the end of the day, like, you know, say what you will about marriage. But for me, in this form of life, like that's the highest expression of commitment, like to a partner is to like take that step and sign that legal document whatever you want to like tax all that crap I don't care about the for me like there is something sacred about marriage and I felt like the person that I would really build and give myself completely to I wanted to make that ultimate commitment to me and so when he said that um, he was having this pause and he didn't know if he could get married again and you know can I just be it made me nervous but I wanted to just be for him and I remember telling my dad Michael told me he needed some space. He was like, I need some space. And I was like, oh my God, like, what does that mean? You want to break <laughs> up with me? Like, why do you want to break up? Space, like, okay, are we still exclusive, but you just don't want to come over every night? Like, what are you saying? He was like, he wanted to, like, he wanted space. And I remember being devastated. And it was so sad. Like, I had never had my heart broken like that. And I didn't know how to recover. And I remember telling my dad, and him saying, if the man is saying he needs some space, give him some space. And so I said, okay, I'm going to give you your space. And I just tried to, I started meditating and just really trying to look inward and think about how I had been in the relationship because I hadn't been in, in that process. Like I knew he was going through his thing, but I said, I'm going to take my time to think about me too, because I know what I want in life. And I wanted him, but I was like, but God, if he's not the one, I know that the one will come and I want to make sure that I'm prepared for that. And um, I reflected on how I was in the relationship. And I remember calling him and saying, like, you know what? Like, I wasn't the best partner. I wasn't really an adult woman in this relationship. Like, there were things that I just knew that I wasn't right. You know, like, not that I did anything like terrible in the relationship, but I just wasn't a good partner. You know, like I was selfish. Um, I um, didn't really prioritize our relationship in the way that I should. And I just started thinking about like, how, how is my mom? How, or how is my sister? And I realized that I wasn't like that. And you know, everybody's relationship is different, but I just knew that I hadn't given my all to the relationship. And so I was like, you know what, I'm sorry. I didn't, I wasn't the best partner but I want to try again. But he was still like, I need my space. And so I gave it to him. So it really was legitimate. I think a lot of times it's a cop out for people. I need my space, but it was. It was. If I'm going to show up and be 100% for this woman, I have to know in my heart deep down that I am going to commit and, and get married. And so it, if I didn't know that, I said, let me just stop, take a breather and figure that out. That was legitimate. I had used that excuse before in past relationships and that wasn't the reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so after, um, we had some, we had some time. It was just, I was just this deep down missing. I was just, I just missed her. It was just like, this, this is my person and she's not in my life and it's just not the same. It really just, I didn't feel good about it. Um, so it was asking him to come back. 
because I wouldn't talk to him. Then the break, <laughs> I was like, no, you need your space. So I'm going to give you your space. I wouldn't answer my phone. Like he would text me. I didn't want to be bitter, but I was still like, mm, whatever. Um, so he would text me and I would like give a little smiley face or say hi, but I wouldn't answer the phone. Cause I was like, no, why are we talking? Like, you don't need to hear my voice. Like, I'm not going to do it. Um, and I also Maybe needed, I. I also needed to heal myself because it was hard for me. And so I was like, I don't want to get roped back into something. So have your space. And I'll just said, I was like, you know what, if he wants to be together, then he'll come back and get me and he's going to come back hard. And if he doesn't come back hard, like, I'm not going to deal with you kind of softly coming back, wanting the date and all of that. Like, no, we've done that already. And you, we know what we both I know what I want and we're at that place and that's why you pulled away. So if you really want it, you're going to have to like show up for it. And, and um... she made me, she made me show up. <laughs> and did. I didn't say that to him. I just said it to myself and I was like, I'm just going to watch his actions. So what'd you do? What did I do? He um... said, he came back. He said, I want to get married. I want to have babies. I want to do all the things that we talked about doing. I did. I think I called your dad first. Oh, yeah, because I wouldn't answer the phone. She wouldn't talk to me. So I yeah, called his dad. And that's, that's a tough conversation. Uh-huh. That's a tough conversation. Hey, I know things that hadn't worked out with your daughter, but I'd like her to call me, please, so I can move <laughs> her back. Uh, but we had a good relationship mm-hmm. with your father, so that wasn't, it wasn't too terrible. And he was, of course, very supportive. Mm-hmm. And so I think he nudged her, too, to at least answer my phone calls. He did. I don't know what their conversation was, but my dad did tell me Michael called me. And he said that he's trying to reach you. <laughs> and I was like, I know. And I was a little annoyed because I was like, Daddy, I know I'm giving him his space. Remember, we talked about he needed his space. And he was like, why won't you answer? And I just said, I don't, I mean, for what? And he said, you don't. But he's calling you, like, talk to him. What's the problem? And I was like, yeah. I was like, but he doesn't really have anything, you know, whatever. And he's just like, but you don't know what the man has to say. He's like, you don't know. And I was like, well, I don't want to be back together. Because at that point, I was like, I I was in a space where I was feeling happy and I was feeling okay. And I was like, it's okay. Like, we, can, I figured out how to love him from a distance. Like, I wanted him still, but I was like, I'm not going to put myself back in there. So he um, said, you don't know what the man has to say. And that... For some reason, that stuck with me. Like, I can still hear him saying that. Like, you don't know what the man has to say. And so I was like, okay, fine. And um, I think my dad said you to put your foot down with me. Yeah, he did. He, that's exactly what he said. He said, she needs to put her put your foot down. You got to put your foot down. That's exactly what I said. Put your foot down. <laughs> and she he kept, stubborn. He, kept ask, he would ask me, like, let's go out. I wasn't answering my phone, so he would text me, say, oh, let's meet up. And I would, like, ignore him. I'd be like, I'm busy. And I really was busy. I was like, I'm busy. I got this. And then he, like. It was something about after maybe it was after my dad or it was the way maybe it was a combination of both. My dad saying you don't know what the man has to say, and then Michael just saying, "Let's go out to dinner." And it was just something very finite about the way that he asked me to go to dinner. I think he gave me like a date and a time, and I was just like, "Okay," and we went. So I had Gabby. In March of 1998, I was a sophomore in college. And um, then we finished college in Atlanta, moved to Houston Law School, came to LA. That whole time, like I knew that I wanted more kids, but that just wasn't at the forefront for me because I was like, you know, still a student, still like growing up. And um, then I just started getting into my career. 
and probably around 2008, 2009, I started to think like more seriously about relationships, like partners, like long-term partners. And then we met in 2010 and um, early on, like we would have the conversations about how do you feel about marriage? Like, how do you feel about kids? Because you try to flesh those things out with the person before you get too deep to see if you guys are aligned with what you want or if somebody can bend, you know, how do, how do you work it out? And we were both in line with both marriage and kids. And so we dated for a long time. We dated for five years before we got married. We had Bo five years into our relationship. We had Bo. And with Bo, I think we just, it was, it was a little weird, actually. We were like, we hadn't had any accidental pregnancies, like, honestly. And we, you know, we used protection very well in the beginning but then we just kind of stopped me we use like the rhythm method like just being frank with you but we didn't have any slip-ups and so we were like this is in 2014 we we're like well if what if we need help you know this is a real thing like people will need help and they like for you to have at least been trying for like six months or a year before they give you help. So we said, well, let's just start to practice. Because we were like, we want to have a baby. And the timing, we always had things because at this point, Michael was in Denver and he had taken over his dad's um, finance company. So he was commuting between Denver and LA, right? And we were trying to figure out, do we move to Denver? Does Michael get someone to manage the business in Denver? And then he lived in LA full time. Now he still commutes between the two. He um, practices the, the main office is in Denver and, and he just kind of goes back and forth, which is something that we worked through. But we just said, let's let's just start practicing. And there's like no perfect time, right? Like we both want to have a kid, like what do we need to be perfect? And so we just started practicing and it didn't take the first month and then the second month it took. And you know, and then here comes Bo. And when we got pregnant, Gabby was actually in Spain. She was studying abroad for a year. And so she missed that whole pregnancy, but she came back just in time for the delivery. And Gabby was 17, 17 when Bo was born. Bo was born in 2015. Yeah. yeah. I was excited because she had already done it before, so I thought this is going to be a breeze. <laughs> Every single question I asked her, she said, I forgot. I don't remember. I don't remember. I said, well, when did they stop? needing to be changed every you know few hours when they stop need to be fed every four hours i don't know i don't remember <laughs> so it was like a fresh start and 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 yeah. bo's a boy and and gabby's a girl and they're very different apparently um very, <laughs> very, very different. different um so it was like i think it was a fresh start for both of us really mm -hmm. it's true it was um it was very different but like when i had gabby i was in college it was like i had a lot of time having Bo, like we we're both working professionals, we we're both older, and he's a very different personality than Gabby. Gabby was a lot more chill, but was very active, and you know, he's a boy, and he's a Leo, and Gabby's a Pisces, I'm a Pisces, and so we just kind of had that, like, we're in the same sink. Um, how did it affect our relationship? It was hard, because I would even say now, like that's, when we argue, it's mostly about Bo. Like our source of like tension is about parenting and and Bo frankly like I nursed Bo for 22 months and Bo would wake up in the middle of the night and I would be tired and so I would just put him in our bed and nurse him and he would sleep in our bed and then he just got comfortable sleeping in our bed and I think we said we're gonna put him in his bed when he turned one and did we do it no 
I don't, <laughs> I don't remember no. at what point, like, but at some point we did put him in his bed. I said he won't be in our bed forever. He's not going to be five in our bed. And now he's two and he sleeps in his bed. He still runs in anywhere between 4.30 and 6.30 in the morning. But we just take it as an opportunity to have family snuggle time. But it was hard for our relationship because we were used to having that time to ourselves, especially that morning time was like our sacred time. Um, it's gone now. And it, it is, it's gone now. And maybe it'll, it'll come back at some point because he's not gonna run in our bed when he's 10, but it's just, um, that part is a challenge. It was ongoing. We, we mm -hmm. read about it beforehand. We said, this is what we're gonna do. We have the bassinet next to the bed. We're gonna be disciplined. And that went out the first week. It just I was did. Tired. It went out the first week. Hard. And I didn't have control. I couldn't. I'm, I'm the third party here, right? I'm the least important person in the room at that point. So I had, I was I just had to take it. And I said, you know, this is it's dangerous. We could roll over on him, we could follow the bed, all these things you you read. And she said, I don't care. And I said, Well, okay. <laughs> we'll we'll revisit this in three months or six months or nine months and it mm -hmm. turned into a year and and that was that i remember we talked to the therapist about it because it was like it was a strain because he was like get this baby out of the bed you know because bo just took so much attention and i just gave it to him and then i was tired and he was in the bed and and we came to a date and I thought it was a year and I thought I did. I thought we put him in the crib at a year. Maybe it was a year and two months. Yeah, maybe it's it was bad. shortly after a year that he got in his bed and he did it fine. I also didn't want him to cry. Like, you know, people have different methods. And I was like, I don't want to just have him cry himself to sleep. Like, I don't like that. For me, that didn't feel like that wasn't what I wanted to do. So we had to wait on him to what well, we chose to wait for him to feel ready with that transition. We or you chose and he is, is just very agreeable. I chose. <laughs> she chose. She chose. I, chose. I had to agree. I chose. Like I said, I didn't have a whole lot of power. I wasn't the one mm -hmm. having to feed him. Um, and traveling, even if I put my foot down and decreed something, she didn't have to listen to me because I was in Denver. She's in Los Angeles. So I would come back and, she, and he'd be used to being in the bed. Right? That's true. So then, I thought, let's try just that that cold turkey method. He'll cry for two or three nights, and then people say they're fine. They figure it out. And she just refused. I didn't Absolutely like it. Absolutely flat out refused. That was a challenge for sure, right? So I had to realize that there's a balance, right? But I also had to realize that she had never raised a child with someone, right, in the same household. So she was used to her way being the highway. And I had to put it to her straight, like, this is my child too. I've said that multiple times. Mm -hmm. I think just kind of woke her up thinking, you know, right, I guess Michael as a father does have some say. <laughs> I think sometimes she didn't even realize that. She'd be she's being mom. I was so this is my child too. Her. I'm his father. I remember saying that in multiple arguments. I'm his father. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I know. <laughs> so this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. And so she just had to, I think she had to take it sometimes. I realized yeah. there were there were some give and takes and, and I was gonna have to be pushy with her. She's strong willed. Oh, you decided to be pushy. Yeah, pushy. I think I can, I can tell when he's trying to be pushy with me too. I'm like, <laughs> he's trying to be pushy. So then I know that that's something that he really cares about because for the most part, he is very easygoing. Um, 
And with Gabby, Gabby's dad has always been very active in her life, but we broke up after Gabby was a year. And so it was just Gabby and I in the house. And then we left Atlanta, went to Houston, moved to LA. And so he wasn't always in the same, he wasn't in the same city. Gabby would travel to visit him. And so, yeah, and he really just deferred to me. Also because Gabby's a girl, he felt like I knew what was best for Gabby. And he always said I was doing a good job. And so he never questioned it. So it was very different having Michael, like very present in the house. And uh, Michael's a very active father, which is, this is something that I knew about him early on. I was like, cause he's the kind of guy who likes to be with his family. He likes to be with his woman. He likes to be with his kid. And that was attractive to me. So I just had to think like, he's just, he's behaving in the way that you, this is what you wanted. So you can't be upset that he has an opinion about what to do with Bo at three o'clock in the morning, you know? And so I started to just balance, um, my battles like okay what do we really fight about and i can tell when he cares about something and for the most part unless i feel like insanely strong about it i'll try to bend when um he really like just says this is what it needs to be finding that balance between motherhood taking care of yourself and being a wife um it's been it's hard and I think it's harder than I thought it would be. I remember when we were talking about marriage, Michael kept saying, marriage is work. Marriage is not just easy. I think you have this fantasy view. And I was like, no, I don't. I saw my mama and my daddy for 40 years. I know that stuff is happening, but it's different when you are the one in it. I try to be mindful of it. Like in the beginning, I would say Bo's first year and a half. With Gabby, it didn't matter because it was just Gabby was the priority and I had enough time to also take care of myself. But then when we added Michael and then Bo, the first year and a half, I was bad. Like I just, I just wasn't good. Um, Cause I just made okay. Bo the priority. Wasn't good at work. I don't think I was a great, I don't think I was great at being a wife and a mother for Bo's first year and great at being, taking care of myself. I just put the kids first. Cause Gabby had so much going on. She was a senior in high school. Bo was a baby and I was working and then Michael and I felt like who needs me the most, right? And I said, Bo and Gabby need me the most. Michael, Michael's gonna be okay. Like he loves me. It won't be like this forever. But I think I may have, um, I didn't give enough attention to telling him like, it's not gonna be like this forever. So I know that there were some challenges there. Like that was always our source of um, tension, like the kids. So now I've made a conscious effort. Like I, I remind myself, like, what do I want to be? I want to be a good wife. I want to be a good mother. I want to be a good sister. I want to be a good daughter. I want to be a good colleague. And I just will remind myself of those things. And I think that helps me to remember because at the end of the day, like this is my most important relationship. Bo and Gabby, they're not going anywhere. Michael's not going anywhere either, but it's like, I needed to remember that this relationship needs nurturing in the same way that the kids need nurturing. Yeah, you've expressed the fact that you uh, that you want to be a, a great wife. Yeah, you, absolutely. Yeah. She said that. Um, I think in some the midst of some of our arguments, I would be very particular and specific and say, yeah, you're a great mother. You're a great mother. He did that to me a couple of times. <laughs> and I would say, what are you trying to say? And it wasn't nice, but I, I, she, I felt like she kind of abandoned the, the relationship. You know, she didn't care about the marriage. She cared about being a good mom. She's part of the marriage because she's being a mother to my child. 
but um, caring about my needs was not a priority at some point. That's true, because I was like, who needs me? And then I had to remember, like we said a couple of times, like, you're a great mother. And I'm like, well, what about being a great wife, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm neglecting this. And um, so I just tried to rebalance it. And I think about it now, like, um, I try to think about it often, like making sure that I'm prioritized. Because work even can get in the way, right? Like, it'll be like, work, work, work. It's eight o'clock at night, I'm on my laptop. And it's like, I can't do that every night because there's something more important, you know? And sometimes if the thing that's most important doesn't yell, you don't know, you know? Yeah, and what man's gonna sit yelling, I need some attention, please give me attention. It's just, it, it's not easy to come out, right? right? You're, not, you're not giving me enough attention, especially if I'm fighting against a, a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> a teenager, I can say, me, 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 me. That's not gonna come out. Mm-hmm. So we try to like date and you know go out and um, we go to acupuncture together and it's like our little two-hour escape from everybody and it's relaxing and uh, we put Bo to sleep and we try to go back to like we like to do movies so we'll pop popcorn and watch a movie or watch you know whatever little sitcom or series we're watching we put Bo to sleep and we pop the popcorn and we watch that we usually fall asleep on it but we've kind of gone back to that because it's a way for us to like chill out at the end of the day and connect what Golda does to make me feel loved and I think we uh we talked about that a bit right so we talked about the love languages mm-hmm. and she knows uh, one of mine is acts of service and and she kind of has now given me another love language. She's she's given me hers as, as gifts. <laughs> gifts, right? <laughs> one of hers is gifts, so she now she's made it mine. She likes to go buy my clothes, which is great. I think it's 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 wonderful. Like I'm always like I was at the store and I was thinking about you. That's an act of service, I guess, as well, right? So um, <laughs> that's what I know. She's uh, she's had me on her mind, and she just you know what, whatever it is, a new shirt, some socks, some underwear, what what have you. Um, that's always big for me. Um, and then just being able to share their lives while I'm away, right? So I may be away four or five days at a time. And uh, you know, making sure she calls me, FaceTimes me with Bo on the line and and uh, takes that time to show me if he's doing something special or sending a video, making sure I'm being able to participate if it's reading at nighttime or bath time to make sure I'm, I'm included. So I think that's... Those are, so those are some of the big ones Aww. that I like. Oh, good, babe. That's sweet. Once upon a time, he used to say I didn't get groceries for him. I didn't make. I only make groceries that I wanted. So I also try to think about because it's, it's like little things, right? Like little. Just like little things like that. So um, the question is, what does he do to show me that he loves me? Um. I think Michael's very thoughtful and I can ask him to help me find, I mean, it's, it's the culmination of like little, little bitty things that add up to like give you this sense that somebody is like really caring about you and thinking about you and loving you. Um, so I think it's just like this ever present feeling of knowing that I can call him and he'll be there and supporting me and just making me feel very comfortable in whatever situation it is. And Mike is also very thoughtful. So like I can share anything that I'm going through or thinking about, I can share it with him. 
and I feel comfortable that he won't judge, he will not judge it, right? That makes me feel loved. Um, he does like little things, like I love to have my back rub. So this also kind of fell off for a minute, maybe when I wouldn't be in right, but I like to have my back rubbed at night. Like it just is something that really says I love you to me and it comforts me. And um, he used to do a much better job at rubbing my back. And now he's like getting back to rubbing my back. Like just making my life easier. Like I may come home and he'll have dinner ready. Like I didn't know Michael could cook when we were dating. I didn't know he could cook. It's like the weirdest thing. And then like we get married and he's like pulling out cookbooks and like making dishes. And I'm like, where did this come from? And why were you hiding this? You know, it's so, like just something as simple as coming home and him having dinner ready. And just like little things like that, rubbing my feet, telling me that he loves me, I think is meaningful and makes me feel warm. I've learned a lot in the relationship. I think the marriage piece, it's just solid, right? Like you, it's just, when we got married, I felt more grounded. He, he did it, but I did. Um, what have I learned about marriage? I don't know that I thought it was flowy, like glamorous, like, I, I, he thought, he was wondering if I thought that. So he was constantly trying to remind me, like, marriage is work, Goldie. Like, it takes effort. It's not like fairy tale. Like, there are ups and there are downs. And I think he was saying that because he had been married before and he'd kind of seen that and I hadn't experienced it. I had just seen it. But I saw my parents go through a lot of stuff. So I knew it wasn't fairy tale. But actually being the person in the relationship and like having to. Um, compromise is probably the biggest one for me because I'm used to just kind of like making decisions, whether it be you know, in my personal life, I make decisions with Gabby and I encourage her to share, but at the end of the day, I get to decide. At work, I'm a lawyer. I'm constantly making decisions. People are constantly asking me for counsel. What should we do? What does this mean? And so I'm constantly sharing that. And so with Michael, um, being in this marriage, I've had to learn that I'm not always right and that um, I have to listen, right? I have to listen. Well, I'm right a lot, but <laughs> I am. You are too. Most, you know, women, we, we, we're kind of, we're right. But, but I've had to learn to like, I think, be a better listener to what he says and also like what he does, right? And kind of getting over myself and what I think and um, kind of lean in on like what he says and what he thinks and merging the two. Um, learn to, to put my partner first, right? To so make sure that uh, it's working for them, um, not just for me. That was a big one. Um, I realized that it is something that has to find balance. We had to find balance because uh, making her happy, making me happy, maybe two completely different things and deciding which one comes first. And then picking battles. Right, that's, that's a big one. Some things are extremely important to Goldie. Some she doesn't care as much about. So just deciding what's um, what's her big hot button, what's important to her, you know, without regard to myself, just what's important to her and making it work. 
it's like a work in progress, you know? It's, it's, it's constant learning. And it's just a matter of, I think, having fun in the process and like the simple things. Like, it's like, what, what does he do to show you? Like, it's like the simple things, same thing, but the simple things in life. Like we wake up, we brush our teeth, we make tea, you know, like, honey, do you want tea? I know he likes a lot of honey in his tea. I don't like a lot of honey in my tea. And so it's just like little things like that, I think that um, finding like small pieces of joy throughout the day and just regular basic living and the culmination of that.